0: is you Treasures that fade are never. Thanks.
1: everything that we need father and in you we live and move and have our being hallelujah we just pray that you would be glorified in this place today father god i pray that your words would be spoken that you would be glorified in Your first time here, and you'd like to connect with us, you can text new AC to 97000. That's new AC to 97000. Also, if you're a first time guest, we'd love to connect with you, meet you, get to know who you are. As long as if you're online, welcome as well. So, we'd love to send you a gift. So, if you could just fill out that form and let us know who you are, that would be wonderful.
2: and so we went in person this week Um, so we will have a good facility and if we're here it it will be heated so um, don't be too concerned we shouldn't have too many more weeks like this uh, inside this area Uh, so what we found was uh, the center we found this week was (coughs) it's like a community center type of activity center right Lord. So uh, just believe God with me that uh, he'll work with me in such a way or I'll work with him in such a way that uh, this message comes out fast. (laughs) (laughs) Or we just get all up and start dancing and running and that keeps us warm. But then you can't stop once you start (laughs) because you sweat. So praise the Lord. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 16. Oh, I forgot. I have one in do that um we like to do that as well and um this year because of covid uh with the first um relief bill that they signed uh in the law they had a part of it i don't know if it, it's the whole thing's called the cares act or a part of it's called the cares act but there is no limit this year on charitable deductions so it's limitless so if you wanted to give two million Some people I know um Pastor Mark talks about a lot of times he's like people are like, "Well I'd like to give, but all my money's tied up, you know it's all in other places. He said, "Well, a good funeral will release it
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh sometimes people have lots of investments and it's it's wise to have some investments um but uh, you shouldn't just have investments and not be a giver because uh giving can actually outperform your investments and your savings like that you know so um anyhow that's a blessing this year because of uh you know the covid obviously is not a blessing but being as covid decided to come uh if you are in that situation and that would help you out then uh, you can really um give a lot this year and uh you know help you with some tax deductions and with your businesses or but God recognizes 100% of your giving all the time, and uh, you have riches uh, in store in heaven. All right, Luke chapter 16, Jesus is speaking, verse 10, he that is faithful in that which is least, <coughs> Jeremy, you can hear me echoing a little bit, I don't know if you can hear that, but I'm kind of getting a, a little bit of an echo. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in the much. that started out with a little bit of nothing, and they learned the laws of giving and receiving and tithing, and they began to tithe, and you see that their little became much, and then once they had much, they decided, I have too much to give, and they forgot where they got it from, and uh, so you don't want to play games with money, money will play games with you, (laughs) the Lord will take care of you, but he that's faithful in that which is least is also faithful in that. If, therefore, you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. You or um, the place that money can get you, and so he said, verse thirteen: No servant. So first of all, uh, we are to understand that we are serving the Lord. Well, we're not just here to serve ourselves. We're really not here to serve ourselves. We're here to serve the Lord if we're doing it God's way. If at any point you want to jump up and, and and jog in place or do jumper jacks or whatever, you can. You know, I'll just think you're praising the Lord or getting warm. Uh, no servant can serve two masters. who either hate one and love the other, or else he'll hold to one. 11 If therefore you've not been faithful in the unrighteous riches uh, who will commit to you the true riches if you who will commit to you into your trust excuse me the true riches well in my bible the word riches is actually in italics it's implied but it's not actually there they added there to try to help with uh, understanding it it says who will commit to your trust the true if you've not been faithful in what's unrighteous who will commit to your trust the true uh, what does that mean? Well, that means that there's something much more true and much better than natural riches, money. There's something better than money. Well, somebody said, "Well, I don't have much money, so I, I can not hardly think that." Well, uh, money's not bad. It, you can use it bad, and it can have a bad influence on you if it takes the place of God. But money is a blessing from the Lord. But there's something so much better. focused on your career or your income, and like, I'm going to retire when I'm 40. Well, I'm not going to do that, because I'm I'm over 40. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, sorry, I cracked myself up. Okay, so, (laughs) some people are like, well, my goal is I'm going to have this, and so I'm going to like, just retire when I'm 40. Well, you might retire when you're 40, but that's not true riches. That's not true. That's not the end. You get the true riches, and you qualify for the true when you're faithful with the temporary money or the power of money. So Jesus is like, if, if you can't be faithful with this, how in the world do you think you're going to, I'm going to allow you to have the true riches? Because this is just temporary stuff. And it's not that he doesn't want you to have the temporary stuff. He wants you to have the temporary stuff. His will is for you to prosper in every area of your life. But the prosperity of your life, uh, of all, in your heart, and then it's reflected in your body and your finances. Right? That, that, that's over in First uh, John, beloved. I wish that you, uh, um, your soul, you be in health and prosper, even as your soul prospers. So even as your soul is doing good with the Lord, He's speaking of your spirit there, your spirit, man. Then everything else will flow from that. So who will come up to your tr- commit to your trust? True riches. The blessing of the Lord makes you rich sorrow with it the blessing of the lord makes you rich and adds no sorrow so you can kind of try to make yourself rich by working and working and working and working and uh you know the diligent hand will be made fat so we're all for working as to the lord and not to men but not as your god and not as your source and not as your supply yeah the lord will bless you and multiply and increase you primarily through your vocation or your normal income but it's his blessing on someone who is not even a believer and they're out and they're not a giver because you can be a non-believer and be a giver and the laws of giving and receiving will work for you so you can be a non-believing non-giving person and work yourself and work really hard and learn the laws of money like Jesus said the world is wiser in financial things than than my people <laughs> you remember when he said that and so um, you can increase that but sorrow comes with that i mean you can find someone that's like uh i, I hesitate to mention anybody's name because i don't want to put anybody's face in front of you but the richest five people in the world right now and if they don't have jesus at the end of their life i'll tell you what that comes with a lot of sorrow before they die and a lot of torment after they're dead but the blessing of the lord That which is least, who will entrust to you what? The true riches. Thank God for true riches. Let's pray, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you give seed to the sower and that you multiply the seed that we have sown. We thank you that you provide for us, you take care of us in every area of our lives. We thank you that your blessing makes us abundantly supplied and adds no sorrow. Yeah. you. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to talk today about uh, a key. We could just call it the master key if we want to call it the master key. Uh, The church we were on staff at in Michigan uh, was a very large church, and... uh, I think uh, they had about an average attendance of 7,500 people a week uh, attended the church. So they had a very large facility. I don't know if anybody that uh, was around there knows how big it was. But I think when I was there, they added a 200,000 square foot addition to the church. And so there's lots of locks and lots of rooms. And uh, when they did their their new building addition, it was in, uh, let's see here, 2005, I think, uh, 2006, that time frame. And so, uh, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, they didn't do the electronic proximity locks, so you still had, like, the old keys, you know, a uh, uh, matlock, I think, was what they were called, keys. And so, um, after a short period of time there, because of the position I was in, uh, I was granted a master key, so I could get into any room in that building, and there were lots of rooms in that building, and uh, that came in very handy many times uh, <laughs> when we were uh, needing to do uh, television work or different things in different places, and uh, you, know, you you couldn't get in if you didn't have the key. So different departments had different keys. Different doors had different keys. Uh, different volunteers had different keys. But if you had that master key, uh, you could really access any room in the building. And uh, so I am going to talk to you this morning for just a few minutes, uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, about the master key or a master key. And uh, many times, do you know that there's actually an election going on right now? <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of it. You know, being our proximity to Washington, D.C., you might not be aware, but... I uh, uh, don't know if there's any political people around here. Uh, anyhow, uh, but we're in an election season, and so many times... You know, uh, people kind of beef up on their praying, rightfully so, for the government. But really, we should pray all year round and uh, uh, for, the, for the nation. Paul told Timothy, you know, first of all, pray for leaders, if you, if you want to, like, s- summarize it. In other words, before you're praying for, uh, you know, your own personal needs and other things like that, pray for those in authority that you may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness, Because the nation in which you live really can affect how you're able to express your faith. And, um, you know, we see that around the world right now uh, with uh, how different nations have responded to an attack of the enemy called COVID. You know, and uh, many people want to give in to the enemy because they're used to doing that in their own own lives. And so, um, you know, and... um, not everybody is ill-intent. I don't believe that. Uh, some people certainly probably are. Um, but a lot of people are just full of fear. And uh, so when you have faith in God, people's fear can look a little bit obnoxious. And you, you, hard, you can't understand it. Uh, but we're to walk in love. And uh, if you didn't have the solid ground of the Word of God, you might be worse than they are. You know? So, uh, and I'm not, you know, it's just all different extents where the people... Uh, don't want to let you do anything or, or whatever. But a master key, I believe, one of the greatest keys to prayer and one of the greatest keys to living a successful Christian life is very simple. Yes, I'm not actually going to, hopefully, I don't ever teach something real complicated, but <laughs> definitely not this morning. Is that you love Jesus and you trust Jesus. If you want to have like the most amazing prayer life possible, Learn to love and trust Him. Learn to love and trust Him. You know, um, one of the people in my life that the Lord has used to um, teach me so many things and to help me grow is, you probably know, is Kenneth Hagen. He's going on to be with the Lord. He went on to be with the Lord in 2003. and um, So he's like a father in the faith. He is a father in the faith to me. And um, when he started out in ministry, for the first, he pastored a total of 15 years, but he pastored for 13 years, you know, back to back. In most churches, it was just two or three years, because he was in a denomination where they would, like, uh, move you every two or three years, kind of maybe whether your congregation wanted you to move or not. (laughs) Uh, Anyhow, so he pastored for 13, you know, a total of 15, but uh, during that time, he said he had this church. And in that church, he had a, a group of ladies that would get together at one of their houses, and they and they were praying. And his wife went to some of that, uh, that prayer meeting, and uh, she said, uh, Kenneth, uh, you kind of need to get a hold of that prayer meeting. I think they're getting off. And uh, she said, well, or he said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, uh, they were praying, and they feel like they got that God said he's done with you at this church. It's time for you to move on. And he said, you can see how that could present a bit of a problem in the church. (laughs) So he said, well, why don't you move that that prayer meeting here, have it in the church, and I'll pray with you. And so instead of um, just uh, totally disregarding them, uh, he taught them really how to pray better. And so they began to pray, and there was a a lady in that prayer group named Sister Sylvia Patterson, little short lady, red hair, and... um, he said, you know, that prayer group, they could pray heaven and earth together. He said, if you didn't want it, don't turn in your request, because if you turn it in, you'll get it if you give it to them. And she particularly was used in prayer. So he relied on her a lot in his ministry at that church. And when he would go to pray with different people, he'd bring her along. And uh, she just really knew the Lord. Well, if you know um, Patsy Caminetti, anybody know Patsy Caminetti or heard of Patsy Caminetti? So um, she's a. You know, was on staff at Rama for a long time and traveled uh, with Dad Hagen and, and was really uh, close with him. And uh, so received a lot. And uh, so she had heard these stories for years. And uh, one year at their summer camp meeting, Sister Sylvia Patterson came to the camp meeting and Patsy found out about it. And she saw her in an elevator. And she said, um, your Sister Sylvia Patterson? Well, she said she didn't really recognize her because she didn't have red hair. And she asked Dad Hagen about it later. She said, I thought you said she was red hair. She said, yeah, well, when I knew her, she was in her 20s. Now she's in her 60s. (laughs) So she didn't have red hair anymore. Anyhow, she said, like, I want to sit with you. I want to learn, like, the keys to prayer. Uh, I want to learn how to pray like you pray. And to summarize what Patsy said, she said, she just said, uh, Sister Sylvia looked at her like she was kind of crazy. She said, I just love Jesus and I just go talk to him. You know, and you're kind of like your flesh wants to be like, or the religious part of who you are with just a method and a system. Just give me a method and a system and I'll follow it. Because I can follow it. I can do that, you know, even though you really can't. Uh, but you think you can. And so you want to satisfy your own flesh, you know, by, well, I'm going to do it. No, it's really that simple is that you love Jesus and you trust Jesus. They used to say, uh, people used to say all the time, uh, they say it like this, isn't Jesus wonderful? Like when you realize how wonderful he is and how, how, how good he's been to you, it really changes everything. So let's, with that as our kind of foundation for this morning, let's turn to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Loving and trusting, or faith and love. You could call it faith and love. 1 John chapter 4, I'm going to begin reading in verse 12. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us. No man has seen God at any time. You could almost say, but if we love one another, God dwells in us. So you might see God show up in a believer. And his love is perfected in us. Or comes to its, its fullness or its, its completion. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Thank God he has. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. And we know, excuse me, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwells in love dwells in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. That's a powerful scripture. I don't think I'm preaching on that this morning, but as he is, so are we in this world. Jesus, uh, you know, his streets that he walks on, I don't even think they have gum on them, but they're gold. In other words, you think he is lacking in finance, you think he is lacking in health, you think he's lacking in inspiration, you think he's lacking in vision. No, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. That's going to be an awesome place. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Or really, in the original it says, we love because he first loved us. So, uh, number one, in order to love him, you have to let him love you. But if you want your faith to work, in other words, uh, why do you pray? Remember the disciples right before Jesus spoke the Lord's Prayer? which was an example of prayer under the Old Covenant, yeah, right before Jesus said that, uh, excuse me, before um, he gave that, then the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. They did not say, look at, look at any translation you want. They did not say, Lord, teach us how to pray. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Which makes me think of James. Remember James said, he said, um, don't be a forgetful hearer of the word, but be a what? doer of the word, what does a forgetful hearer do? I kind of quote it backwards. They deceive themselves. So if you hear the word, but you don't do it, you're self-deceived. You've been deceived, but it's not by the devil. There's deception happening, and you have done it. Because you heard it, but you didn't do it. So uh, the disciples asked the master, they said, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. actually do it. So uh, one of the keys to prayer is to pray. In other words, if you want to learn how to pray, pray. With this foundation, I love him and I trust him. But look at the opposite. I like T.L. Osborne. He said, um, I love older ministers and most of the ones I've, I've loved have gone to heaven. I still love the ones that are here, you know, but they're, they're, they're getting older. <laughs> but uh, T.L. Osborne, I think he went home in 2009, 10, something like that, maybe a little later. Anyhow, um, he said a lot of people wanna, yeah, they want to tell you how much faith they have in God. They want to tell you how much they love God. He said, that does not impress me. Your faith in God does not impress me. Your love for God does not impress me. You know what impresses me? God's faith in you and God's love for you. So if you're going to prayer and you're focused on your love for God and your faith in God, well, you're going the wrong way. You've got to go God's love for you. We love because He first loved us. So when you understand, wait a minute, God loves me. And what does that mean? Uh, this is really like a bridge to faith or an avenue to faith or a path to faith because you don't have faith in faith. That's not biblical. You have faith in God. So what you're looking at is knowing God. And if you know God, nothing else really matters. Especially if you know the love of God. Well, uh, maybe everyone here and watching knows this. Maybe you don't. But it's a very familiar passage of Scripture. It's in John chapter 3 and it's verse 16. (laughs) <laughs> anybody know it? <laughs> For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So uh, God loved the world so much that He gave. What is a heart of love? What is a heart of love? It's a heart of faith. You know, I think it's pretty awesome, the effect, just pausing with the raindrops, so you can (laughs) meditate on the word. It's, It's like, thank you, Lord. What is a heart of love? It's a heart of faith. So, think of this think of Brandon. Where's Lindsay? And Lindsay, who did the announcements. Who saw her? F- who first? You saw her first? Did you? You don't know? Do you see each other at the same time? You met in high school? We did, yeah. Okay, so they met in high school. So, The measure of their love can be uh, displayed, or uh, their love can be measured by the measure of their faithfulness to each other. Like, how true is He to her and her to Him? If they actually love each other, they're faithful. God is faithful. God will never leave us or forsake us. God is loving. So, God has faith towards us, and God has love towards us. How does faith work? Galatians 5, 6. Faith works by love. So sometimes, um, you know, we just want to focus on, uh, and I love faith. Uh, In fact, you can't receive from God without faith. You can't be born again without faith. You know, you you can't access God without faith. Um, But if you just focus on faith itself, that's not faith. Faith is always in a person, and in this case, it's faith in God. And so... Um, if your faith is going to work, uh, it's rooted and grounded in the love of God that God has for you. That's the foundation of your faith. If you understand the character of God which shows up in the love of God, that He is faithful. In fact, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, when the disciples were so, so surprised that He cursed the fig tree and it withered from the roots, uh, His response to their, uh, their surprise was have faith in God, but literally, if you look in the Greek, it, and I think the best translations translate it this way, it says, lay hold on the faithfulness of God. Lay hold on the faithfulness of God. In other words, circumstances may change, things may happen, but if you know God's character, that He is not a man that He should lie, that he watches over his word to perform it, but God so loved the world that he gave. That God loves you and he loves me so much that he showed up in our world. And he will show up in your world. And so, faith works by love. So like your, your heart of love for God, but really more God's heart of love for you. Because I know that he loves me, if I trust him, I have no worries. I have no fear. That kind of love casts out all fear. So perfect love casts out all fear. So um, really, the keys of loving Him and understanding His love for you and trusting Him will open the door to His presence. Hebrews 6.19 says, Hope the anchor for your soul that enters into within the veil That's talking about, remember the old covenant, the tabernacle? Uh, There was a one foot veil that was like 18 foot high, I think it was. And, uh, you know, uh, but Christ is the anchor for our soul. Hope's the anchor for our soul. It's talking about the same. That enters into within the veil. In other words, into the very presence of God. That we go right into the presence of God. Well, we don't go there because we have done something wrong or we have done something right. We go there, or we can go there, because Jesus has done something perfect. And that was he took his perfect blood and offered it on the real holy of holies. And when he did that, that, that veil was uh, torn in two and access into the presence of God was granted to anyone who would come by the blood of the Lamb of God, by the blood of Jesus. So, yeah, isn't Jesus awesome? You think like, wow, look, at, look what you did. And so uh, the best way to get into the presence of God is you, really the only way, is to come by the blood of Jesus. You say, Lord, you know, Father God, I know, I think of what the things that I do and how I act or what I don't do that I should do and what I do do that I shouldn't do. Well, if I start uh, meditating on that and have that be the thoughts that I allow in my imagination or in my mind, uh, I'm gonna, I may be mouthing words that people would call prayer, but that is not praying. The disciples said, teach us to commune with you. Teach us to pray, right? Teach us how to pray. Well, to pray. The best way to learn how to pray is to do it, is to pray. And so... Um, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, said in Colossians, beginning of Colossians and also the beginning of Ephesians, he said, uh, wherefore, verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 1, after I heard of your faith in the Lord and the love to all the saints, I never ceased to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. In other words, as soon as I heard of your faith and love. He says the same thing over in Colossians chapter 1. Verse four, since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and your love, which you have to all the saints. So faith and love go together. And uh, if you try to have faith without love, it's not going to work. So if I have faith in God, I understand uh, or am conscious of his love towards me. So my children, they know that I love them. So they know, like, I'm not going to reject them if they, come, if, if they come to me. I will not reject them because I love them, whether they did perfect or not. Now they're children, so they're humans. So that doesn't mean if they do something wrong that they always just come to me knowing that everything's going to be fine. Because why? Well, sin creates a barrier. So if they mess up, They don't want to come to me and tell me. That's not what their flesh really is comfortable doing. Their flesh wants to kind of cover it up and and pretend like it didn't happen. Yet they come, and when they have mercy and grace extended, their flesh is like, whoa, did not expect that. I expected to be condemned. Well, so what happens? Well, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, and they went, and the Bible says they hid themselves from the what? The presence of God. They hid themselves because they were conscious of what they had done. So they couldn't go to the presence of God because they were so conscious of what they had done. And so they tried to remedy that situation uh, through natural means by sowing fig leaves and covering themselves. Because they had shame because they had sinned. And so then the Bible says that they knew that they were naked or they knew they were exposed. So, so like they're like, we've done this and now we're exposed and God's going to see everything. You know, God has x-ray vision. He can see through fig leaves. And if you're a parent, I encourage you to rely upon the Holy Spirit so that you have x-ray vision and you can see through your children's fig leaves. I'm talking about that the things that they have done that that, uh, they need some extra instruction and training in are exposed so that you can uh, help them go in the right direction, right? And so Adam and Eve, uh, they did that, and the Lord said, you know what? That's not good enough. That's not going to work. What did he do? He made them new clothes... means I have to close. (laughs) He made made them new clothes from animal skins. In other words, he was illustrating from the very beginning, the only way for that sin to be dealt with and taken care of is by the shedding of blood. So he made them a new covering which cost the lifeblood. And then, of course, you see the Sacrifice Institute and all of that. Because what? It was, it was teaching mankind that the only way for sins to be re, uh, remitted and taken away is by the shedding of blood. Well, in the Old Covenant, it would only last for about a year. you know. But then that's why Jesus had to come, because uh, he was perfect and spotless and sinless in every way. And shed his blood. And then the Bible says he took his own blood into the heavenly holy of holies. And that's where we get access into the very presence of God. It's by the blood of Jesus. So that when we come to God and we want to come to his presence, uh, we ought to just start talking to him like you'd talk to your best friend. And say, you know, and you come in the name of his son, Jesus, say, Oh, God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I don't really call him God very often. I just say, Oh, Father. Because when you come into the family of God, he becomes your father. So, oh, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I think of what Jesus did. I think of the blood that he shed. Maybe I'm struggling with something that uh, a mistake I've made or something I feel like I could have done better in or something like that. And I'll be like, you know, Lord, I just thinking about this. I, I just. I could do so much better. But I'm not coming based on that. I'm coming based on Jesus your son, and his blood, and what he's done. So sometimes what I do is I acknowledge those things that are pestering me to try to keep me out of the presence of God. Because if you don't, uh, sometimes, uh, if that's been your meditation, then, uh, that will stop you and hinder you from actually entering into the presence of God. There is fullness of joy in his presence. There are pleasures forevermore. And, uh, if you get in the presence of God, everything takes its right perspective. You you get, you know, you may be overwhelmed, you may not understand, or maybe your favorite candidate is ahead in the polls or behind in the polls, and, you know, but you get into the presence of God and all that stuff just takes its rightful place, takes its proper place. But you cannot get into the presence of God thinking about what you've done, good or bad, focusing on what you've done, good or bad. But if you let the love that God has towards you sink into your spirit. I mean, it's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit if we're born again, but sometimes we don't allow the light that that love brings to put light on our path so that we know, like, wait a second, God loves me. I mean, think if you said that every day this week when something happened that you didn't expect. But God loves me. I know God loves me. I know He loves me. I know He trusts me. I know He loves me. Well, God is not... um, um, The only way that His hands are tied is when you operate outside of the Word. But when you come in line with the Word, you can have, and should have, and will have, and experience His best, His blessings, everything He's provided. But if you try to do it uh, in your own strength and your own ability, and then wonder why you're exhausted and you're wore out and you're stressed and uh, you're frustrated and you're full of anxiety, that's because you're carrying the weight of all of that. And God never designed you to carry it, and He didn't design those things um, uh, to have you. Let's finish it here in Ephesians chapter three. Ephesians chapter three, is another prayer that Paul prayed, verse 14 through 21. He said, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that, and, I, and he's praying, that I would, He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we being rooted and grounded in love. So you understand, like when you're rooted and grounded in love, in God's love, like so much so that there's like you can't even comprehend the extents of it. The height and let's see, height and depth, width and breadth, however that says it, you know. Uh, the full extents of the love of God, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. In other words, he's going to be living in your heart by faith. Well, he's in your heart, but I want to know, is that his home? Like, is he comfortable there? Is he able to express himself through you? Mm -hmm. To know the love of Christ, which uh, passes knowledge. Praise the Lord. If we love one another, God dwells in us. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that you may know love. That you may know love. Stand with me if you would. Look how faithful he is. You ever uh, walk away from the Lord? No, but I'm not looking for anybody to give a verbal <laughs> response. But I just want you to think for a second. Have you ever walked away from the Lord? You know, there's a, there's a passage of Scripture in Revelation and, you know, sometimes people minister on it in a different way, but I've been meditating on it for about a month uh, off and on and, um, where he's talking to the church. And he says to them, one of the churches, he says, return to your first love. Return to your first love. Well, you know... Uh, in my own marriage the Lord told me that when I had been married for about what four years or something like that and um we uh we never have had like you know catastrophic or huge marriage problems but I just found that I was really getting annoyed with my wife. <laughs> so being a believer I talked to the Lord about it. And I'm like Lord she, Lord she's this Lord she's doing this Lord she's doing it you know and uh The Lord said to me, all of those things that you're saying to me are things that attracted you to her. And I was like, what? what?" And I thought, and I'm like, I said, you know what? You're right. The pastor we were under in Michigan for a while, he said, in all these years of ministry, he'd been in for like 35 years, he said, "I've, I've learned this. After all these years, you want to know what I've learned being in ministry? God knows more than I do. Well, and so, you know, I had to return to my first love. Like, wait a second. And I realized then, after the Lord dealt with me, that I could allow the things, those things to bother me, or I could look and be like, wait a second, that is what attracted me. Isn't that awesome that we think so differently? Isn't that, I mean, imagine that. I would never think to do it that way. (laughs) The creativity that's there. The possibilities. Well, you know, if you want to look at a, a vivid example of your relationship with God, he said marriage is like an example between Christ and the church. That we can look and say like, you know, have you let like the joy of your relationship with your husband or wife begin to fade? Well, if you could do that with your husband or wife, you can who you can touch um, physically... Well, you could do that with God. And so, uh, I, just, I just think we should return to our first love. And it doesn't mean that like you like, I totally turned my back on God. You could have done that and totally walked away. But maybe, maybe you just got religious about, about the whole thing instead of having a relationship. Like, Melody, every morning at 7 a.m., I will tell you that I love you three times. <laughs> and then... You know, in the evening, after dinner, I'll tell you again that I love you. And I'm, I'm going to check it off my list. I've got actually a checklist. And so I'll check... I don't... I'm making up. So then I check it off the list. Okay, I did all that. But I, I never opened my heart to her. And that's what we're talking about. The master key is open your heart of love to God. Let His love um, dominate you. And love Him back. And don't try to make it real like, well... Well, did I say this? Did I do that? You know what? Just know this. Love Him, trust Him, and pray in the name of Jesus. You know, He gives you access. His name represents Him, represents His blood, gives you access. And then just talk to Him. And uh, Lord, teach us to pray. If you do that, you'll be shocked. So so don't, like, prepare to do it. Just, Just do it. And then in the time with him, you'll, you'll find the things that you need. And then the more you're in the word, the more fruitful prayer life you'll have. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you didn't give us anything real complicated. But you gave us access to you who has every answer. That you gave us. The keys to come into your presence where there is fullness of joy, where there are pleasures forever and forever. Father, I pray for every person listening to this that every one of us, Father, as we pray, that we would enter into your presence with a greater reality and consciousness than we've ever had in our life of who you are, of your power, of your love. Of your thoughts father I thank you that you are a loving father and that you have made provision for every one of us father and I pray for every one of us that will not come short of the price of the blood of Jesus that he paid for us to be near to you and for us to be fulfilled and have an abundant life in Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness but is long-suffering, or in other words, He is patient toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but He is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The will of God is not that just some people come into His family, not that just some people look at their life and consider the direction that it's headed and turn towards Him. But that all should come to repentance. That means that all of us should consider our life, whether you're born again or not born again, and make a decision for Christ and turn towards Christ. If you're watching online or you're here in person and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, um, this might have sounded like, well, that's just, that's just real simple. How could it be that simple? Uh, because it's of God. And uh, Jesus really told simple parables, simple simple stories, so that we could all grab hold of it. And um, the way that you come to God is not by being good enough or doing so many good things or praying so many prayers. Uh, Really, it's just one prayer, and that's a prayer of commitment to the Lord, that you're turning yourself over to the Lord, that you're giving yourself to the Lord, and you really mean it. And where you really mean it is in your heart, and you you have to say it from your heart. So I'm going to pray a prayer Uh, In just a few minutes here, a few seconds, and if you'd like to be born again, if you'd like to make Jesus your Lord, I want you to pray this prayer uh, after me as I pray it, and I want you to pray it from your heart, and if you pray it from your heart, you will be saved, Uh, you'll be made brand new, all of your sins will be uh, removed from you uh, as if you never did them at all, Uh, actually they're removed from existence, and so let's, let's pray this prayer. Uh, together say this say oh God I believe that Jesus is your son and he, that he came into the earth and lived and then went to the cross to take away my sins I believe that he died and that you raised him from the dead so that I could be right with you. Jesus, I receive you right now as my Lord and as my Savior. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm going to live for you every single day. Thank you, God, that you are now my Father and I am now your child.